Good evening and welcome to the latest Online Warriors podcast. Uh, as always, I am one of your hosts, Illegal86, and I am joined by the super, super amazing Nerd Bomber. Hey everybody, happy week and happy E3 week. Happy E3 week, and uh, of course, I would be remiss if I forgot the ever so illustrious Tactic One. I was really hoping you'd keep the trend going with going with me first, but hey, can't win them all. Just trying to keep you on your toes, man. You thought it was coming, and I switched it right back. Um, it is E3 week, guys. This is this is this is why we do this. This is why we show up. Is to talk about weeks like this. A lot to get through. Um, I, suffice it to say, this will dominate the online warriors news cycle for today. And um, yeah, we're just gonna go through kind of a lot of the games that I saw, but or, or a lot of the games that we saw. But first. Let's just kind of, let's just do a general debrief and just like talk about our experience with the conference as a whole. Uh, what, what, what were your guys, what's your general sentiment about it? Uh, I'll, I'll go first, I guess. I watched a lot of them in either live time or uh, recorded playbacks. And overall, like I'm always super pumped and excited for E3, but there was just something a little lackluster this year and I don't know if it was just because there's not a lot of new games coming out in 2019 there weren't a ton of like new IP reveals but overall it just seemed like a lot of advertisements nothing super groundbreaking but yeah everything just seemed like a lot of stuff we already kind of knew and I wasn't that excited I have two words for you mobile games it's it's all about the mobile games you know, I, I, you know, I get it. I, I know that a lot of them are fun and they're, they're great to do in your downtime. But I'm all about, you know, c- controller in hand, on the TV screen. I cannot get behind the whole mobile game trend. And frankly, I don't think the place for mobile games to be revealed is E3, personally. I don't think they're these state-of-the-art visual graphics things. They're, they're not this new technology. It, it's a mobile game. Yeah, so I can't imagine being like going to E3 because they give out public passes now just for the general public. I can't imagine being so excited going and like being like, oh, I'm going to like see all these exciting announcements for these new games. Like, do you think there are businessmen for these game companies that are like sitting in boardrooms being like, let's let's tell them about a mobile game. Everyone's going to be super psyched about it. No one's excited to hear about a mobile game. I mean, and I know there's so many people who play mobile games now, but oh my goodness, it's just, it doesn't seem E3 worthy, and there were so many of them. And, okay, I understand mobile games are a lot of fun, but it wasn't exactly like any of these mobile games were super groundbreaking. It just seemed like a lot of the same old with a new license slapped onto it. I don't know. Very disappointing to me. You don't play mobile games at least if you're me. And granted, I don't play mobile games very much at all. I think, Nerd Bomber, I think you're more of a mobile gamer than I am. But, like, when I'm going to play a mobile game, I'm not looking to be, like, excited. I'm not looking for a mobile game to blow the doors off. I'm not looking for it to really wow me or, like, give me anything breathtaking. So, like, when I, and conversely, when I show up to E3 to watch, like, the trailers and the new gameplay videos, I'm looking to be, uh, like you said, shook. I'm looking to be super shook. And a mobile game is just never going to do that for me. Like, I, I can't even think of a single IP that would do that for me. The Not only, even I think Dead Space or Metroid, anything. I, like, gosh. 
For me, the Fallout Shelter game was probably the one app game that I really, really, really got into last year. And even that, like when it was announced, I wasn't that excited about it. Like I was like, okay, I can play some Fallout related stuff on the go. And it wasn't until I started playing it that I was like, okay, this this has a really addictive cycle of gameplay. But it wasn't something that when they announced it at E3, I was like, oh my God, I need to go download this right now. I don't know. No, I feel like... Like, I think most people who downloaded Fallout Shelter were, like, poking around in the app store and were like, oh, a, a Fallout mobile game. Yeah, I'll give that a whirl. Like, to me, that's the, like, general ambiance of a mobile game. It's not, like, you don't pre-order a mobile game. You don't, like, build months of anticipation over it, at least if you're me. Like, I mean, we all remember, too, like, how many how long ago was it when we talked about uh, the Diablo fiasco at, at BlizzCon? That was the same thing, where they were like, we're going to have a mobile game, and people were just devastated because they were waiting for a Diablo game. To me, it, it felt mostly like, you know when you're watching a video and the first thing that comes up before your video was like, download Bejeweled. And you're like, right. nah, skip, skip, skip. I was looking so aggressively for the skip button, and it never came. Yeah, I think that was the disappointing thing was that like it wasn't even a 30 second snippet for these app games. They dedicated what felt like five to 10 minutes for all of these mobile games. I remember, I think it was the Square Enix conference we were watching and they were just like focusing on this one mobile game. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but I was just like, when is this going to end? Like this does not need this much screen time. Dragon Quest Builders. I think that's what it was. Well, and what's frustrating is like, and, and I, I just mentioned Diablo, but I think for E3, one of the big ones was people have been asking for a new Splinter Cell game. Splinter Cell is like this huge blue chip franchise. People love it. People line up to buy it. And uh, Ubisoft was like, sure, have a mobile game. And everyone's like, we, that's not what we, we don't want it. Like if I was a fan of Splinter Cell, because I'm really not, I'm terrible at those games. But if I was a fan of them, I'd be like, we don't want it. Not interested. So I totally agree with the sentiment there. Uh, my general take, uh, I love, I mean, it's tough for me because I love E3. I love the idea of E3. I'm a huge, in terms of both video games and movies, I'm a huge trailer guy. So I love showing up to see a good, not necessarily a gameplay trailer, but a good story trailer to really get me hyped up for a game, whether it's new IP or a franchise that I love. So like in that sense, I always love E3. But I agree with, I think, what both of you have been saying, which is I, the overall feeling for me this year is just meh. Like, nothing nothing got me super excited. It wasn't like years in the past where, like, I see a gameplay, fo- I see gameplay footage or a trailer and I'm like, I cannot wait to buy that game. Like, the one that sticks out to me, I don't remember if this was 2017 or 2016, but when Uncharted 4 had their gameplay demo at E3, I was like, take my money right now and there was not a take my money right now moment for me from this e3 i'll just say that right off the bat and granted is e3 is it over it might not even be over at the time of of us recording this um most of the press conferences are over now we're recording this on tuesday night so most of the big press conferences have passed but i think there's still it goes until thursday you can see demos and stuff on the show floor and there's usually some news that still comes out over the next couple days but for the most part the bulk of the major announcements have been made at this point 
and and here we are, all, all three of us not excited. But let's let's try and find some excitement and just kind of kind of run through uh, some of the bigger games, the quote unquote big deal games that have been either announced or, just, or trailers have been shown. Um, I don't. This list, I think, is generally chronological in terms of the order they were revealed um, during the conference. But um, let's start with Star Wars: Fallen Order because I have some strong thoughts right away. Um, and those thoughts, uh, oddly enough, are the same as my thoughts on the whole conference, which is just meh. I wasn't feeling it. I mean, how did you guys? What was your take on this? I mean, it looked kind of cool, but overall, something about it just felt off. And I don't know exactly what it was, but it felt a little bit slow and clunky in the gameplay. And the fact that um, Ian Gallagher from Shameless, uh, Cameron Monaghan, is the voice actor, and he lent his face and likeness to the main character in the game. There was just something about him. Like, I kept looking at the, the gameplay and just thinking that is Ian from Shameless and I couldn't get over it and usually I can have a pretty easy time separating the actor from the character and maybe it's just because I don't see it enough and I haven't seen enough of the game but something about it I just couldn't get past Tactic? Thoughts? I felt, I felt strongly mainly about the speed of the game it just it seems slow and clunky other than that the character selections really didn't bother me. I could disassociate that from Shameless because he's been in other roles and he's an actor, right? He can he can kind of blend in wherever. Um, but the biggest thing was the speed. I, I need like constant action, which is why there's some other games that I was excited about, but I won't have any spoilers out of order. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind the idea of including Saul Guerrero in a game like they got Forrest Whitaker's likeness and like they're porting a character from an anthology movie who really didn't have much screen time uh in to kind of flesh him out more and I like I understand that but at the same time I kind of want a fresh just put me in the Star Wars universe but give me something that is unique more unique than that honestly like and I think one of the bigger problems with the gameplay in my observation is that you're a jedi and that's great but you're just fighting a bunch of stormtroopers who suck so like to an extent i'm wondering aloud how exciting that can possibly be um but maybe the answer is they're very exciting i don't know um but it's also confusing because they have saul guerrera at one point i think captain phasma was in it and as far as i'm aware those two characters are like miles apart in the timeline of the star wars universe so from a nerd perspective, I was a little confused, but maybe that wasn't actually Captain Phasma. I don't know. Um, in general, I wasn't thrilled. And this is also, we have to bear in mind that this is this was EA, correct? Yes, it was. So EA, we know, has a bit of an issue with coming out with Star Wars games and locking them behind paywalls. I don't know. Did they say anything about that? I mean, did they respond to the backlash of Battlefront 2 at E3 at all? Or was that kind of just dipped in the past, let's come out with a new game and hope people forget? I don't think they mentioned it at E3, but I know in discussing this game and other press releases and stuff, they've definitely made a point to acknowledge that they won't have that kind of content where it's super locked behind a paywall where it's all like pay to win type stuff, which makes sense because it's more of a solo campaign oriented game. Um, uh, The interesting thing though, and I... So this game was developed by Respawn, and this isn't really new to E3, but 
I think they mentioned it again at the E3 conference, was that this was not originally intended to even be a Star Wars game. It was something that they had started making and then they kind of molded it into like a Star Wars game at the request of EA and the licensor, which is interesting to me. I don't know if that sounds good. <laughs> that seems, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to just take a game that it sounds like was a decent way decent way along and then basically just reskin it um i think the main the main issue that i have is a star wars game should excite me and this just kind of left me feeling whelmed like i'm sure it'll be a good game but i'm not and it's not like take my money type of thing which most star wars games should be even battlefront when they showed us the trailer when that was relaunched with the first game oh, a few yeah. years ago. Battlefront was take my money, definitely. Yeah, it was like, hands down, as soon as I saw the intro, I was just like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to buy this game. I'm and- curious if you guys are cautiously optimistic just because of what happened with Battlefront where you don't want to go all in and then maybe it could surprise you. Um, I think I'm more cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be bad and... Well, maybe not bad. Bad's too strong of a word. But, like, right now, seeing what I've seen, I have no reason to go out and buy it, I guess is what I'll say. I don't know if that puts me in cautious optimism or cautious pessimism, but definitely cautious. (laughs) That much is for sure. Um, Let's go into the Xbox. Microsoft part of the conference, I guess, um, and talk about Halo Infinite, which obviously is a big deal for all the Halo fans who are listening. Um... I'm going to lead off on this and just say, I big who cares? I, I, I'm worried already that I'm going to be repeating myself for a lot of these, as we talked about a lot of these games, but like Halo Infinite did a few things right. They had a nice cinematic trailer with, I thought, pretty decent visuals. Um, I, you know, I, it impressed me visually, I guess is what I can say, but it's also, it, we've seen it before. There was nothing that we haven't seen before, and I know that to an extent Halo is going to be Halo, and it doesn't need to be anything else, but as someone who hasn't bought a Halo game in many, many years, I will not be getting back on the train, is I guess where that left me. Well, I, don't, I mean, what, what was the last Halo game, Halo game that you guys bought, I guess is a question I would ask. I bought the Master Chief Collection, but that was really because I wanted to replay the older games. I have not played four or five and honestly, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. Like I was excited to see Master Chief. I really was. But they didn't tell me anything about the game. And this is not a game that they just announced. Like they announced that Halo Infinite was coming a while ago. I guess I was just expecting to see something a little bit more. And I don't like I have no idea what we're going to get story-wise. The only thing I do know is that Master Chief is going to be in it. But like, is this a reboot of the franchise? They made a a pretty good point in the graphics to make Master Chief look a little bit aged and older. But like, I still have no idea what this game is going to be. I liked the, I will say, one thing I liked about the the visuals was the emphasis on just how large Master Chief is. Because you kind of forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like how big of a dude he is based on like the lore of Halo and stuff. But you stand next to that other guy and the other guy looks like a like a, a midget. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel behind on the lore of Halo. So, like, maybe if I had played, like, Halo 5 or Guardians, I would have watched that trailer and been like, oh, that's that thing from, you know. But, like, I wasn't picking up on anything. And like you said, 
it didn't really tell you a lot about anything. It just was essentially, okay, here's Master Chief, give him a gun. Let's do this. It's going to be Halo. Go buy it. You know, I, there wasn't much subtext. Um, yeah, and I mean, the only thing they really said informative about it was that it will be releasing with Project Scarlet whenever that console comes out in holiday 2020, which I mean, I guess it's a nice callback to how Halo accompanied the original Xbox Um but I guess I just I need to know more. That's only a year away. We'll we'll definitely definitely learn more, and it'll be it's definitely a good game to package with the next generation console for sure. Like it'll, I mean it'll it'll certainly draw people who are nostalgic at the very least. Um, that's kind of yeah, I just that's kind of where I come in. I mean, I, I've been always been that ride-or-die Halo fan. Even the ones that I didn't buy, I, I went over a friend's house and played them with him or, or in a dorm as I aged through the years. I just, I've always kind of been involved in every single one, and this is going to be the natural progression for me. So I probably will buy it and probably will love it. It's just, like I said, it's my whole nostalgia factor. It's my squad, if I may. I... I I think with with Halo in particular, that's a bit of a double-edged sword in that, like... Because I, I mentioned it on a couple episodes ago where I just did a, a Halo party where I played, like, Halo... I think Halo 3 exclusively all night. And, like, that's really great for Halo as, like, a... From, like, a critical standpoint of, like, this is a great game. And, like, when you play Halo... Halos 1 through 3, you can play them and just kind of sit back and go... Okay, they perfected it. They got they built this framework of multiplayer and they got it exactly right. But for that reason, I feel like I have no reason to show up and buy any of the new Halo games. Unless you're fueled by like you said kind of this ride or die, I'm sticking with this franchise kind of mentality. I don't know. Like I don't have an Xbox One, so I guess I have no horse in this race. I maybe will consider getting Project Scarlet, but um yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I fell with the Gears of War trailer, too. So they not to transition on you, but Gears of War 5 was one of the other trailers that Microsoft showed. And honestly, it was the same thing, like a cinematic trailer, but it didn't show me anything about the story, at least, or about the gameplay. It was just honestly probably the weirdest E3 trailer I have ever seen. It was basically the main character. Um, she's set to the background music of Billie Eilish and there's just heads popping out of her face. It's the most bizarre thing. It really doesn't tell you anything. Like you see all the familiar characters from Gears of War 4, but ultimately it didn't tell me a whole lot about this story. And again, another game that's releasing really soon, like in a few months. And I have no idea what it's about besides the main character trying to find something i don't even know me personally i loved gears one two and three four was just kind of okay i don't know i liked dom as as my main character i didn't really care for his son and that kind of disinterested oh you mean marcus yeah marcus sorry you always were the the dom when we played split screen heck yeah i was yeah i don't know like i my gears experience is that i played gears of war one and I liked it, and I beat it. And then I started playing Gears of War 2, and for whatever reason, just stopped and, like, never finished it. Um, I think Gears is a great franchise, but I think this trailer, as, as I look at the list of trailers we're set to talk about, it has to be up there for me in terms of, like, 
worst trailer that I saw to the point that I don't even know if we should even keep talking about it because there's nothing to talk about. Didn't show anything. Yeah, I mean, they did compliment it. They did have a, a new multiplayer mode and they did show like a cinematic trailer of that. But even that, like, show me gameplay then. it They showed this really obsessively long cinematic trailer about this new multiplayer mode. And I was just like, what What are we doing here? It, it was entertaining to watch, but it didn't tell me anything about the multiplayer mode either, really. It was just, just like gratuitous amounts of gore and chainsaw guns and... Mm-hmm. Well, that's Violence. the bread and butter. Yeah, you fair. can't go wrong with chainsaw guns. Right, and I understand that, but your your game is a few months out. Like, we're past the point of weird cinematic trailers. Show me something. And again, this is one of your, if you're Microsoft, this is like one of your flagship franchises that like, it's a tentpole. You're putting a lot into it and like, it's it needs to show up to E3. So like, not great. Um, what was great, and I think... I think probably the thing that has been most discussed in E3 is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and, of course, the Keanu Reeves reveal. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a huge deal. Um, the trailer, that might be one of my favorite trailers that I saw was the Cyberpunk trailer. Um, I don't know how into it, uh, I don't know how into it, into the game I will be when I see gameplay, but, like, the trailer, as far as cinematics and visuals go, was spot on i thought it was amazing and then the keanu revealed the end and he walks out the audience calls him breathtaking that whole thing was great um i don't know i don't know a whole lot else about the game other than it's been talked about for a long time but definitely put its best foot forward here in my opinion it was a really entertaining trailer i definitely agree with you i think the keanu reeves thing was probably the biggest blindside announcement and surprise that we had at e3 this year um I think it'll be interesting to see how he does in the video game world as a voice actor, because I know he's already really good at doing action movies and stuff like John Wick and The Matrix. So I'm actually that made me super excited to see the direction that cyberpunk is going in. I mean, imagine being Keanu Reeves right now. You're on top of the world. You just came out with John Wick 3. You're essentially you're you're like filling in this role of like he's going to be like the new Chuck Norris of like the new like tough guy that everybody kind of likes kind of kind of role and also like he's known for being super nice yeah, and like just a very good person so like he's in a good place right now he is the greatest human being alive period and he's also maybe immortal based on internet theories um so yeah cyberpunk i i feel like i've heard about it for years i don't know exactly why i've heard about it for years but I think it was. It was announced quite a while ago. Like, I think there was an ongoing joke on some parts of the internet that this game would probably come out in 2077 at the rate that they were seemed to be going. Um, but honestly, based on how the trailer looked, I'm glad they took their time. It looks great. Visually stunning. Um, yeah, looking at my notes, just to make sure I didn't miss anything... Um, what I wrote down after watching this trailer is the Keanu factor is over 9,000. So take from that whatever you want. Um, let's, let's move into Bethesda's because uh, they were, were they Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. They were kind of next in line. Um, and their big Sunday. tent pole is, yeah. And their big tent pole is Doom Eternal, um, which I, I'm mixed on this one because I think Doom is a super cool franchise. I think... The um, the trailer looked great. I think the new multiplayer mode that they're touting looks goofy. 
I feel like the new multiplayer mode was done before, and multiple other games, most notably Evolve, tried to have something similar, and the player base just wasn't there for it. And one of the major things from the last Doom title was that multiplayer died super quickly. Like, it was somewhat populated, but most people gravitated towards the single-player experience in that game. So to have something like this where it relies on an active player base to make this multiplayer mode succeed in any capacity was a little bit of an odd thing for me to see. Like, I don't know why they made that decision. It's also been yeah. done in Left 4 Dead as well, the same type of multiplayer versing the monsters as you play as. But my biggest thing is, holy cow, the single player action gameplay looks incredibly intense. The visuals look incredibly intense. I don't think I have any other way to describe it than incredibly intense. And have, you, have you played Doom, the what, the one that came out in, what, 2016 or something? Have you played that one? So I notoriously get incredibly sweaty when I play games. And <laughs> it the, the, the amount of speed you need to be moving your fingers and, and really death gripping the controller, it is a lot for me to handle. Yeah, so I, I have played a lot of Doom. I haven't finished it. Um, it's super good. I, I will say that I'm a big fan of it. I've only ever played the single player because I'm a single player guy, but like, I love it. Um, like you said, the the number one word that comes to mind when you think of the Doom experience is just it's super intense and like in your face, and you're like punching demons in the face, and there's like hard rock music behind you, and it's all you have to move super fast and just like you're running around punching people, and it's oh, it's it's amazing. But it's like it is super super intense, and I also have uh, the Doom VFR. And that's like even more intense. And that's like super hard for me, at least. I found it extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the visuals in Doom, Doom Eternal, I should say, the trailer. I mean, that trailer, I had very few complaints about. It looks like it looks like they're going to do some new stuff. They're going to have new weapons, um, some new mechanics and like, but they're still going to give you that classic kind of boom, boom, boom gameplay that people showed up for the first time. So I, I, that's another one that I think their best foot is is forward on. Um, more confusing to me was Ghostwire Tokyo. I uh, don't know what this game is about, per se. It seemed like it was the aftermath of Thanos' snap from the trailer, but I am here for it. I don't know what it was about this trailer, but like I am pumped. It, it was, was mysterious. It was very enigmatic. It just it, it did leave you wondering, and visually it was, you know, did what it had to do. So that team is is typically more aligned with the horror games. I'm curious on what level, because they said that it wasn't supposed to be as scary, but it still did have the eerie feel. So I'm curious if, for me personally, if that's something that I'll be able to play with Nerd Bomber without maybe needing a nightlight or something. Well, you won't need the nightlight. I'm the one who usually can't finish the game, and then I just pass you the controller, and then it doesn't end well. So it looks like something that at least I could probably play. It looks more like a mystery thriller type game, which I could probably get through. Hopefully, I hope. Yeah, I agree with that, with that sentiment. I mean, as I look at the list of games we have in front of us here, and this, I think someone on Twitter was talking about this too, and, and we were Twitter interacting with them. The, in terms of like horror games, like big money horror games, this is probably the closest you're going to get in terms of what we saw at E3, um, which to me is disappointing a little bit. RIP Dead Space. Um, well, I mean, there was the, we didn't really talk about it, but there was the Blair Witch trailer um, that 
it was shown during the Xbox conference. And that kind of looked like something across between maybe Outlast and the old game Condemned, Criminal Origins. Okay, yeah. Um, huh, I, haven't, I didn't see that. So, didn't catch that one. I mean, there were some horror games present, but yeah, not, not a whole lot, really. And like you said, this one, Ghostwire, I should say, it definitely doesn't seem fully like a horror game. It's more of like a mystery thriller kind of... I guess you have a bow and arrow. I don't know. There was a lot in this trailer, but a lot of it was hard to parse for me. Um, but it certainly looked good, and people, I think, are pretty excited about it. I am excited about Deathloop. Um, that looked really that good. That looked pretty cool. It has. It, I think it has an interesting mechanic, albeit not a super original one. Um, you know, We've seen that mechanic in movies how many times? Maybe not so much in video games, but it also had this kind of comic-y kind of vibe to it, which I thought was good. Um, from the makers of Dishonored, if I'm remembering correctly. So, you know, yeah, it, I think it's Arcane. Yeah, so it it hit it scratched a number of the right itches for me. I'll be that's another one that not that the trailer didn't show enough because I think the trailer showed plenty, but I'll be looking watching that one closely as more comes out about it. Uh, you know, I want to see some gameplay because that trailer, if I remember correctly, was pretty light on gameplay. Yeah, I think it was so mostly just see, like cinematic stuff. Yeah, I'll definitely want to see. Um, mechanically how that game works because um, the premise is good and it it asks a decent number of questions without answering them so I think it's just going to be two playable character characters that you go through the story and see their perspective and they keep interacting with each other throughout it and hopefully um, there's like multiple different ways that you can end the story and things like that that's what I'm excited to see but we'll see when it comes out what would be kind well, apparently, of... Oops, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go first. Um, one of the things that... I, it's probably a wish, but I don't know if it's actually a thing. It's more like something that I've conjured up in my mind. But it's right now, I think it's a single-player game. But it would be really interesting if it was somehow a multiplayer game and you could pick one of the people and then run through the story co-op like you were one perspective of the story and your friend was another perspective of the story i think that'd be pretty cool but then every time we interacted with each other our quote-unquote boss fights you'd end up dying and i'd just progress i don't know right, if so, i would end up dying uh-huh, mm-hmm. but is that, that that's my question is like in the trailer they certain they certainly showed like those two are just killing each other the whole time but is that really what it's going to be like you would think that eventually they'd start working together but maybe not I think the story would have to evolve at some point. I think it'll be really interesting to see how development progresses. Hopefully, I think we'll see more trailers and gameplay and just get a little bit more direction on where this game is going. But I I think the story would have to evolve. If it's just you killing the same person over and over, that would probably get old really quick. I really hope the end of the whole game has a montage playing the song when you're the best of friends and just cycles through all the times you killed each other. I feel like that would be like a great way to sum up the game. I, I also wonder if it's going to be, um, cause, and I didn't, I have not played Dishonored 2. I own it, but I haven't played it. That's the one where at the beginning you choose whether you're going to be Corvo or you're going to be Emily. And I wonder if this is going to have a similar sort of thing where like you pick one of those to be for the whole game based on, your own perceived strengths. I don't know. Um, But as we've mentioned a number of times, we'll have to see more about that one as it comes out. Um, Another game that seems to be touting uh, 
couch co-op, at least that was the vibe I got from the trailer the entire time, was Wolfenstein Youngblood, um, which I have no Wolfenstein exposure at all. I have not played a single second of any one of the games, but this one looked pretty cool. So this I was one, on board. This one they set kind of clouded that you don't really need to have played the other ones, that you can jump right in and play if you enjoy killing Nazis and you enjoy playing with friends. And as most of you know, Nerd Bomber and I love doing split-screen co-op. So this, as far as the whole Bethesda reveal, was probably the thing that I was most excited for on E3. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts I thought it looked really fun. I, I'd played a little bit of the first Wolfenstein that came out a few years ago. Like, obviously not the first first Wolfenstein, but the one that came out this generation. Um, and it, it's really a lot of, like, fast-paced, fun action. And it'll be really cool to be able to play that with somebody because killing Nazis is fun, but killing Nazis with people who you love is even funner. They should have named it Killing Nazis with Friends. Pretty much. I mean... Yeah, I, I am, like, it sounds, I like the idea of it being a gateway game for someone who has missed every other game in the franchise, and, like, any game that touts couch co-op as a major part of its gameplay, I'm going to be all for, because that needs to come back, it's dying, and it needs to stay forever. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board. The trailer, like, the action is super gritty, and it's very, very bloody. Like, probably the bloodiest game that I saw. Um but, you know, I'm not necessarily against that. Just maybe put the kids to bed for it. Um, before we transition out of Bethesda and into Ubisoft's conference, um, we need to shout out our very own Ben Checkness, our Patreon producer. Uh, special thanks to Ben for making this episode possible and uh, just being an online warrior, you know. Um, ben has... Subscribe to our Patreon at the night level, and um, we're extremely, extremely grateful. So shout out to Ben. We also talked to Ben. Um, ben has creative input on this show about certain things that we do. Um, our quiz show later uh, is a top is on a topic that Ben helped to select, so uh, we thank him also for that. Um, and we also want to shout out uh, PodCoin, and to that, I'll swing it over to the Nerd Bomber. Yeah, so if you guys enjoy listening to our podcast, uh, you should try listening to us over on the PodCoin app. And what the app does is it actually pays you in PodCoin for listening to podcasts. So if you're going to be listening to podcasts already, you might as well earn some fun gift cards. Um, you can redeem your PodCoin, like I said, for gift cards. You can donate it to charity. Um, and basically every podcast that you can think of is on the PodCoin app. Some of our friend podcasts like Dem Fancy um, and a bunch of the other podcasts we interact with on Twitter and the internet, they're all on the PodCoin app. If you're interested, it's on both Android and iOS. And if you use our fun little code word, um, which is online warriors, all one word, you'll actually start off your account with bonus pot coin so definitely give them a check um check them out give them a check out and download the app whoop, whoop. i will definitely be giving them a check out myself <laughs> check them out um, at the counter check them out at the counter uh so let's get back into this watchdogs legion was i guess probably the biggest thing that ubisoft revealed um this was probably my I, favorite thing that i saw in almost all of E3, to be totally honest with you. I heart Helen. 
I, I think I'm there with you guys on this. Like, if Watch Dogs wasn't my favorite, it was top three. Just because, I mean, it was it was a great trailer. Uh, I love. I, I haven't played any Watch Dogs games, full disclosure, but I love the idea of Watch Dogs games, if that makes sense. And I loved the idea of this game and, and this core idea that it was touting the whole time, which is you're recruiting people from the environment that you're in to help you. And the people that you recruit seems to have a direct effect on the course of the game. So that was, that was my takeaway from it, at least. I've played other Watchdog games, and uh, you're always a singular person. Um, generally, you have someone helping you communicate through the story, and you're always this one character. You're hacking into traffic lights, mobile devices, and things like that. But it's always one person into various items. In this one, they introduced a new dynamic where you kind of hack into people, which I thought was really neat. And I know what you're thinking. Well, why do you need to hack into people? Because, well, the reason is because you're not this one person traversing the world. You're more of kind of like a Skynet, it almost appears, where you're going from person to object to other person to accomplish all these different tasks. And they didn't really show you exactly who you were or or where these signals were coming from, which I'm kind of excited to see. But this new premise got me really, really excited, especially because you get to be this badass old lady, Helen, and she just goes around punching people, shooting people, taking care of business. And she's just a sweet little old lady. It makes me so happy. Yeah, I mean, one of the things they touted throughout the entire gameplay reveal was this concept that exactly you could pretty much recruit anybody that you want into the organization. And I don't know how true that will be, but they definitely made it seem like any any character that you come across potentially could be recruited. And I find that really interesting and a super new concept, especially diverging from the old Watchdog games, which I didn't get to play. And I watched Tactic play a little bit. They looked really interesting, but they never really grabbed me. And this this whole gameplay reveal just really set me up for wanting to get into the series. And going to be honest with you, probably going to have a whole just organization of Helens. Yeah, it, it it seems like, like you said, the concept is super fresh, super exciting, huge potential for fun. Like the fun factor in this trailer was so high just because like the comparison that I made is it played out like almost like a heist movie, like a Guy Ritchie movie where like you're assembling this, this motley crew of people and you're taking care of business. And like you said, there's, there's an old lady who's apparently a retired master assassin. And there's, I think at one point there's like some kind of like athlete or gymnast kind of person who can very acrobatically like kick people in the face and like it's just you're you're trying to exploit certain people's strengths and you have to identify them and like it it will be a hard concept to like pull off and and execute well but if they can do it man there's a lot of promise and the Um, other the other thing that i noticed too um they made a point to to show that if you die in the game as one of the characters, it's actually a permadeath, and then you can't play as that character anymore. And I think that's another really fresh concept. I know uh, a lot of like strategy games, like XCOM and stuff like that, have employed that, but not a character where you you are that character personally playing. Like normally, you have troops that die as you play. So I think this is a really 
different and unique concept. It's going to really put some emphasis on stealth and hacking, which might be hard for me because I usually like to just like run and gun in situations. But I think it's just it's going to be a really compelling, fresh game. So in your first hack, when you're just getting a feel for the game, who do you hack? What If you can hack any person that has a set of skills in the world and you there's a risk of you dying, who do you hack? Well, I don't know if you're necessarily hacking a person, but you're trying to like recruit them. I, I, I don't know. I would probably try to find someone with some kind of like martial arts background because they'll be able to be stealthy and then I can just play as them the entire time and not worry about permadeath. So I would hack... The idea... Sorry, go ahead. I would hack pretty much along the lines of the guy from Office Space, the one who had just this stapler, because I feel like he has the potential to be really powerful, but just in case I lose him in permadeath, I'm not at a loss. So Watch Dogs Legion looks super cool. Um, when Do we know when that game comes out? I think <laughs> they said sometime in 2020. I'm not 100% certain about that. Don't quote me. Uh, well, we'll be on the lookout for it. Um, also, Final Fantasy fans rejoice, and now we're getting into Square Enix. Um, Final Fantasy VII is being remade, and uh, this trailer was visually... Probably, to me, it was the most visually impressive trailer. But I also, as someone who has never played a Final Fantasy game... I was so confused the entire time. <laughs> like, the whole four minutes, I was like, there's a guy with a giant sword. He probably has serious back problems. Well, that's Cloud. There's a guy with a gun for an arm. I, I, his name can be Cloud. It can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, are you a Final Fantasy guy, Frank? So, I was introduced into the Final Fantasy series around the original Kingdom Hearts time because I wanted to know who these characters were. And a friend of mine had played Final Fantasy, and that's how I got introduced to the series. Um but one one of the things that they had also clouded with this game is that this this is as well a, a gateway game that if you haven't played in the other ones, Final Fantasy VII is a great point to get into. It is a bit different than some of the traditional fighting mechanics of, of other Final Fantasies. Um, traditionally, it is a turn-based style game, which is you attack, then the other squad attacks, and back and forth, back and forth. I liked the way this one looked. It, it seems that they adopted the fighting mechanic from Kingdom Hearts, which, again, really got me excited. I liked that mechanic. I liked the visuals of it. I can tell you I will definitely probably get back into Kingdom Hearts with this game. Yeah, overall, I so I'm not a real big Final Fantasy fan. I think the only time that I've even looked at Final Fantasy was probably um, Kingdom Hearts, like Tectic said. And I am definitely probably going to buy this game. I know a lot of people on the internet were kind of upset that they went away from the turn base. But for me, that actually makes me more intrigued and compelled to buy the game. Because for, I don't know, something about the turn-based gameplay style just never grabbed me. It really never has. So I think this will really be able to be my entry point into the series they've definitely got a new fan in me the the one thing that i'm a little bit concerned about is that they said that um one part of the game which then i I looked up not any spoilers or anything but just like how big this portion of the game was in the original which it seemed to be about like one eighth of the original game will be two discs worth so it sounds like they're going to break up final fantasy 7 into 
multiple chunks of games. So this will be like one section of game when it finally comes out. And then there's going to be another set of game that's a chunk of the original Final Fantasy VII remade. And as someone who doesn't know the original story, I don't really care. Like I'm probably going to be entertained either way. But I'm wondering how long of a time sink and how many years of my life this series will probably take. I was not aware. I mean, I guess I was faintly aware that Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts have the same publisher in Square Enix, but are they more closely connected than I had known? Like, Um, is is there character crossover? You guys are mentioning them like they're the same game. There are some character crossovers. So, like, Cloud is a character in Kingdom Hearts, but it's not the same Cloud. Like, it's basically, like, the character looks the same, but there's no background information there. It's just like, oh, hey, this is Cloud from Final Fantasy. But you don't really... He's not a big part of the game. Like, Goofy's in Kingdom Hearts, but but he doesn't go back to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and talk about how he met Sora. Right. Okay. So it's, it's Kingdom Hearts is this giant, basically shared universe where a bunch bunch of people are thrown in. I guess. Um, yeah, looks amazing. I personally, I feel like it'd be weird to get into Final Fantasy at number seven, but hey, pr- prove me wrong, Square Enix. Prove me wrong. Um, Outriders is another Square Enix uh, game that was announced. I just watched this trailer for this like half an hour ago, like right before we started watching, or started recording, I should say. Um, I was into it. I It was light on details, but I was into it. So this is, I know I've said I'm probably going to buy quite a few games now, but this is probably number one on the list of all the games for me. Um, after Really? Yes. After the third Gears, I pretty much said, I'm done with this story. Dom doesn't want to do it anymore. Who cares about Marcus? And this was made by the same creators of Gears. It looks like it's fresh. It had some notes of Borderlands, had some notes of uh, Destiny. So it Mm -hmm. kind of feels like it has, you know, all the right pieces to have a really successful franchise. And um, it's it's big on the multiplayer, and as as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I love a good split screen co op. So please, please, please have split screen, and you can guarantee that I will invest wholeheartedly. I'm not sure if this one will be split screen, only because these are also the developers who made um, Bulletstorm, and I believe that one was online co op only. But it looked really cool to me, like. I don't know enough about it to make a judgment, but I think it would be a lot of fun to play together. So I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, we should also note, like you just you just said in your on your list of games to buy that this one is probably on the top, and like I think that's great, if only because this is original IP. Like, let's not sleep on the fact that this is actually a fresh game that's not part of a franchise. One of the few on this list, honestly, that's not a part of a franchise, and like looks super cool like like we were talking before like you said that you were getting borderlands vibes i was getting destiny vibes seems like a really cool team shooter dynamic where everyone has a certain power and like i said those powers were a little vague right now they're not super fleshed out but very promising um also got a strong mad max vibe if you've ever seen fury road uh the main character shown in the trailer is essentially one of the characters from mad max fury road not that i have any problem with that um but yeah, and now the big one, Avengers, which we've, the three of us have talked about this at length already. Um, you guys are pro and I'm anti, I think is the kind of the broad strokes 
of that. So uh, take it away. So the first thing that I said while we were watching it was, wow, they stayed more true to the comic books. That's really cool. And it appears that the vast population was not on the same page as me. Yeah, can you unpack that statement a little bit? Like the only, what I saw for the most part was we are going to try very hard to be as close to the MCU character designs as possible without stealing likenesses. So like, I wasn't getting a strong comic book vibe as much as I was getting a strong, we're trying to be the MCU, but we can't be the MCU. So we're going to come off like a weird mobile game. That was, that was my whole feeling on it, I guess. So maybe the comic book correlation is not the most accurate one, but specifically when I was younger, I watched the Avengers cartoon on Saturday mornings. And that is the Tony Stark suit that was used. He had the longer hair. Um, the suit it, I did notice. That was the one thing that I did notice they had made significant changes to. I will grant you that. Right. And and me being a, the world's biggest Tony Stark fan slash Iron Man fan, um, I was super ecstatic about that. So it was at that point that I really stopped listening to what was going on. and was like, <laughs> this looks awesome. And then after they had showed us the trailer to, to show all the big names that they picked for the voice actors, it was just icing on top of the cake for me. Now, that said, the graphics, yeah, compared to some of the other titles that came out and, and movies that we were given to watch of the different games, it, it did fall short. I, I won't lie there. But that's only a small piece of it. I'm all about, you know, how does the game actually play? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still not down for the count on, on saying that this might be a great title because I'd like to see some more gameplay footage first. Yeah, did they show really any? Or I think throughout the trailer, there may have been snippets of gameplay footage, but it was kind of unclear. Like, they definitely didn't call it out, but there were some mm-hmm. clips that seemed like it probably was gameplay footage. But yeah, for the most part, we did not see any. And I mean, I think one of the major problems is that the MCU kind of made definitive quote-unquote editions of the Avengers. And so for the most part, people are seeing these more cartoony, comic-related-looking Avengers, and they're kind of close, but they're not the actors that we've all come to know and love. So it's kind of doing this weird, like, off-brand feel to it. It's like you bought the Wegmans brand Lucky Charms, and all the marshmallows look kind of different. And... I think that might be something that we're going to have to struggle with for a while because anything now that's not directly MCU contained is going to feel a little bit off. But overall, like I think the story looked pretty good. It was a new fresh take. Um, I know they kind of tried to do this in the MCU where the Avengers were considered to be like bad for society because bad things started happening when they were around. But I think this will be like a really fresh take to explore that side a little bit more because we only really got two hours to explore that whole theme in the whole Avengers MCU. So between the story looking interesting and the voice actors, like they really took a lot of care. They made sure they've got top-notch voice actors for all of the main Avengers I think the co-op gameplay is going to be something that really sells me on it. I think it'll be really cool to be able to play in a squad with my friends as the Avengers. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm willing to give it a little bit more time. I know a lot of people are a little bit still on the fence about it, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
And I'll, like, I'll, I will say, like, I would love for it to be amazing. And, like, I, I do still have hope simply because uh, Spider-Man has, in theory, a lot of the problems that this has. There are, like, uh, established cinematic versions of Spider-Man. And granted, there are there's more than one. So maybe that's why this one is so able to kind of slip into our subconscious and we don't experience the cognitive dissonance or mental block that we experience when we see these new Avengers when we've known certain... Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans for like however many movies. Um, I want it to be. I want it to be good. I think it still could be good. I mean, I have, like I said, I have faith given Spider-Man's recent success. Um, it's going to hinge very much on the gameplay for me. Um, but like, I am impressed with the voice cast. I will say that. Like, if you're not going to get the original Marvel actors, which like. I'm aware that, like, what I want from this game is something that I could could never get, which is, like, they're not going to get all the licensing that they need. They're not going to get all the voices. They're not going to get the score. You know, it's going to be its own thing. Um, my concern is that I'm going to have a hard time separating Nolan North from Nathan Drake. Uh, but we'll see. I, you know, he's, he's obviously... Him and Troy Baker, I would say, are the two biggest voice actors in games right now, and they're both in this. So, like, they definitely did the best they could on that. Um, I honestly watching the trailer for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 which now we're getting into Nintendo um, I thought that was cooler just because I I think it leaned more into we're not necessarily going to be the MCU we're going to be kind of cartoony and like the character designs are still very MCU-ish but like I don't know it maybe because it wasn't it's wasn't trying to be a cinematic. I was more forgiving of the inconsistencies, but I thought it looked like fun. I'd never played any of the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Um, ha- I don't know. Have you guys? I don't know. I've played a ton, and it, and the one thing that excites me with this is it appears like there's a lot of unique squads that you can use, and if you don't know, um, you get bonus power ups and things like that based on having a certain squad. For example. If you had, you know, Gamora and Iron Man, you won't really get anything. But if you have Gamora and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy, then you get an extra boost because you're using that squad. And so the release of all these unique groups really got me excited for the different potentials of teams that you can have and really amplify and personalize your group. Yeah, I mean, overall, it looked really fast-paced and exciting. And as a Switch owner, I'm super pumped because there are a lot of Switch exclusives, but there's there's not a lot of Switch exclusives that have the same pull outside of like the Mario realm that this will have. Um, I am super hyped for Astral, Cha- Astral Chain, just throwing that out there, but I think this is probably the one Switch exclusive... Ex- wow, I can't say words... But the one Switch exclusive that I am like kind of blown away that Nintendo got and I'm super pumped to play it. It looks like a lot of fun. I really like that you brought up that point. I thought all in all, Nintendo made a lot of really smart moves with the content that they put on their device. For example, at the Bethesda conference when they had Switchblade. Yeah, they're basically bringing the Elder Scrolls Blade, which is a free um, phone-based app game. Um, they're actually bringing that to the Switch for free, 
and it's going to have full motion controls and everything and cross save and stuff like that that nintendo is making a lot of really smart choices um some other games uh that were revealed at the nintendo conference um breath of the wild 2 is a big one um i have my issues with the zelda franchise so i'm going to sit this one out i guess is what i'll say so i kind of wish they showed more with uh breath of the wild 2 it was just hey breath of the wild 2 is in development oh okay (laughs) (laughs) so kind of like what they did with metroid 4 last year yeah it was just like here it is either either show us like something like to get us excited about or don't show it at all is is kind of my take yeah i mean i i like i'm just referencing my experience with seeing just the name of metroid 4 last year and like i get what you're saying of like show us something but at the same time when i saw metroid 4 just the title i was like oh my god that was another take my money moment even though they showed literally nothing um it is exciting. Non- sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. It's exciting that they just are making a sequel. Like so many um, Zelda games, I feel like don't get traditional sequels. Like there's a bunch of Zelda games, but none of them are direct sequels. They usually switch up the gameplay style a little bit from game to game. And I think people are just super hyped about this because Breath of the Wild was such a good game. So it, so quickly to get confirmation that a sequel is in the works and hoping that it follows the the good path that Breath of the Wild took in terms of gameplay and game design, I think is just super exciting. Um, speaking of super exciting, uh, I'm, I may be about to anger some people here, but when I think of the opposite of exciting, I think of Animal Crossing. And there's going to be a new Animal Crossing. So... I don't know. I did not see the trailer for this. I just know that it was announced and it's apparently a very a very big deal to people. Uh, have you guys ever played Animal Crossing? I played the original Animal Crossing uh, back when I was an OG. Um, and I loved that game. Nook, the old shopkeeper, always charging me rent and making me, you know, under underselling me on fish. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, That's the game is you paying rent. Yeah, pretty much. You're paying um, off. You're paying off and upgrading your house, and then when you upgrade your house, you get a statue, and then that's it. But here's here's the problem <laughs> with that first game: if your friend has cheat codes and they you get unlimited money and pay off their house first, even if they cheated, they get the gold statue, and you're left with the silver statue. So ever since oh. that happened, I pretty much said I'm off Animal Crossing and haven't played it for years. However, now that I have a Switch and have a nice portable device that I can play both on my TV and on the go. I may, and this is a big may, I may invest in, in another Animal Crossing to get back into the series. It has been a while, though, for me. Um, I don't really have much to add to that. Uh, I was just thinking about how I used to get infinite money in The Sims. I still remember the cheat code for that. It's Rosebud. In case anyone is looking for the uh, cheat codes for The Sims, Rosebud gives you $1,000. Um, the last game on our list, we've made it to the end. Uh, Elden Ring. This is uh, the George R.R. Martin game that was also announced at Nintendo. Um, This is one that I also have to admit again that I know very little about, other than that George R.R. Martin is attached to it, and therefore it will probably be somewhat popular. I mean, I think that's really all there is to know about it. The trailer, it left me feeling kind of whelmed. Like, I guess I'm excited because George R.R. Martin builds such great worlds. But for the most part, like, if you took his name off of it, 
it kind of looked like generic fantasy game to me. They're, they didn't reveal a whole lot of information. I'm sure that's something that'll be forthcoming as they get further into development. But I was just like, I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Didn't have much to say. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, we didn't have much to say about that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You guys skipped over the most exciting part about the whole Nintendo E3. Banjo-Kazooie is joining the fight. Oh, is he the Smash Brothers character that was announced? Yeah, and they did it in the best way. They they kind of tried to fool you originally by showing the Duck Hunter dog with the duck on his head. And everyone was like, oh my god, Banjo-Kazooie. And then it was the Duck Hunter dog. But then, oh my god, Banjo-Kazooie bumped out. And I thought it was super exciting and I thought it was a fun way to do it. I've always been a, a super nerd for Smash and uh, this is exciting. Now, the one thing that I know a lot of people I've seen, and, and Nintendo, if you're listening, everyone wants a Waluigi. So, wink, wink, shove, shove. Let's see it. And then you guys can work on Smash 6. I mean, I'll tell you what I want is I want a Banjo-Kazooie, a, a Banjo-Kazooie game that's not bad. Because I consider Nuts and Bolts to be bad. Um. I was hoping I also, that Microsoft yeah, would have a banjo announcement or something with Fable. Like, I got really excited that they would announce Fable, and it wasn't Fable. Um, I don't know. There's so much. I feel like there's so many games that all of the developers are now hanging on to until 2020, because that's when all of the new consoles will drop. And I feel like this year was just kind of whelming. Bit, bit of a gap year. A lot of another thing we haven't really mentioned yet. I don't think is that one of my general takeaways was there's a lot of touting of uh, like developers going up on stages and being like, "Oh, and by the way, we're not gonna have pay to win mechanics in this game," and people go wild. And I'm just here like, yeah, they, it should have always been that way. Like we've been kind of conditioned to like accept that as like a great thing that these developers are bending over backwards to do for us but they're not i mean even, I, don't they are. I don't know if you caught the full bethesda conference but um todd howard did acknowledge that fallout 76 was like a huge mess when it came out and that they received a lot of criticism but then it, they announced that they were adding like npcs and a story quest to the game and everyone went crazy and i have literally never seen people get so excited about non-playable characters and a quest line especially when it should have been in the game to begin with like people were going crazy and that just blew my mind like we we really have been conditioned to accept whatever they give us and be pumped when it's something that we should get in the first place wink wink shove yeah. shove star wars battlefront so i guess uh, in summary, expectations are low, and yet here at Online Warriors, we are still very whelmed by this year's E3. Um, if you uh, watched a lot of E3 content, or if you just have any general thoughts on E3, uh, feel free to, to shout out to us on Twitter at Online Warriors One or uh, at me. I'm at OW Illegal Eighty Six, uh, and then Nerd Bomber OW Nerd Bomber and OW Tactic One. Correct? Did I get those right? question mark yep sweet um before we do our quiz we're running a little on time but i want to quickly go through week one of the online warriors fantasy movie league and uh big surprise nerd bomber is currently in first place by what i would say is a pretty healthy margin uh, eight million dollars after week one is a pretty pretty nice little buffer to have ain't no thing um, but a chicken wang ain't no thing 
but a chicken wing. So she's got one win. Tactic, always the second placer, is in second place once again. Um, followed closely by me in third place. Not thrilled to be in third place, but um, I am trailed by Devin Reed, our friend um, who showed some pretty impressive prowess in the last season. So I expect big things from him. And uh, in fifth place, uh, our friend Mike Hoff, which I still like i don't really know what that name means but i say it every time so i'll keep saying it um also shout out to dem fancy our friends at dem fancy they've logged a solid zero this week so someone's asleep at the wheel um consider that a wake-up call if you want let's get into our game show to close things out um we're gonna skip what are you up to wednesday today because what have we been up to e3 what more is there to say um and speaking of E3, uh, our quiz topic for today, it pitting Nerd Bomber against Tactic 1, is E3 stats. And I will say off the top that given that E3 is essentially still going on, these are all 2018 E3 stats. Um, still, I think, interesting. Um, and maybe next year we'll do the E3 2019 stats version. Um, so I got 10 questions here. Um, most of them if not all of them, are going to be prices Right style. Um, and to start, uh, I got some information from our friends at Destructoid. Um, at 2018, at 2018 E3, how many people attended? How many attendees were there? That's question one. Who's going to go first? Uh, no, Bomber Ladies first. All right. I'm going to say probably 5 million people attended. Tactic? I'm going to say 1 million people. <laughs> okay. You guys that both seem, busted. That seems a like lot. a yeah, a lot, but yeah, you that, said million, so I want million. Well, I just figured like I don't know if people don't go every day, maybe they all count as separate people. Like you probably get like 500,000 each day and it run the thing runs for like a oh, week. Oh yeah, is it per day or total? Guys, it's total. I think they, I think they give out a certain number of passes. So what's the number? Just total. Um, guys, this is held in like the Los Angeles Coliseum or something. It's not held on the surface of the moon. <laughs> um, there were 69,200 attendees last year. So you were a little bit off. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. Even so, if you added them up like every day, that wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. I am not going to give either of you points for that, even though Tactic was technically closer. Um, now, let's, let's kind of stay on this track. How many exhibitors were there? This is people, co- companies who showed up with something to show. How many of those? Go for a tactic. 5,000. I'm going to say 500. Okay. You guys both busted again. Seriously? <laughs> this, this is going really great so far. Uh, I am going to give Nerdbomber the point, though. Call it a pity point. Uh, because she was actually decently close. It's 200 exhibitors. No, so. the price of right rules. She busted. Uh, okay, no points. You have it your way. You know what? Um, fair is fair. That's fine. I just assumed, like, so I know, like, the kind of funny game showcase, they had, like, 60 indie games shown, and I know that wasn't, like, at E3. They had a pre-recorded video for that, but I just figured, like, all of the different indie developers, and then you have all the hardware developers, I thought for sure it would be, like, 500 easily. You were at least, you had the right order of magnitude, so I'll give you credit for that. Um, 
this is a kind of a follow-on question to that, and this means that you should at least be close in this one. This gives you a ballpark. Of those 200 exhibitors, how many were there for the first time? Nerd Bomber, this one's yours to start. Okay, I'm going to say probably hmm, 75 were first-timers. Okay, Nerd Bomber, or sorry, Tactic? 36. Okay, Nerd Bomber was very close on that one. There were 80 that were there for the first time. So Look at me. you almost hit the nail right on the head. Um, tactic, better luck next time. And next time is now. Uh, how many total products, this is games, hardware, what have you, were being plugged at E3 2018? Bear in mind the number of exhibitors and attendees that I, that I mentioned to you. That's the only hint I'll give. Tactic, you start. 500. Nerd Bomber? Okay, I'm going to go with 300. Okay, uh, Tactic gets the point. You guys, I, I shouldn't have conditioned you so hard. Thir- 3,250. I was scared to go big. I, I pretty much nailed yeah. it. I wanted to be like, okay, <laughs> mostly one per person, because last time I like overguessed. I don't know. But think about this year. I mean, how many games did like Square Enix? Yeah, you know, that was a, it was a stupid guess because like Microsoft alone, I think, had 60 games they showed last year that. Yeah. Mm. So there. So there you have it. Um, we're going to move away from the Destructoid stats now. And for the next couple of questions, these are just right off the Wikipedia page. Um, we're no longer talking about 2018 for the time being. We're just talking about E3 in general. Um, and this question, I believe Nerd Bomber starts. Uh, what year was E3 open to the public for the first time? Ooh, I think this was fairly recently. I think it was probably in 2014. Could be wrong. Tactic? 2015. Oh, that's mean. Okay, he's mean, but he gets the point. 2017 is actually the first time it was open to the public. Um, So, Tactic was closer because he did the stupid prices Right thing that no one ever likes. Um, but hey, we'll give it to him. Um, here's another history-ish kind of question. When was the first E3? What year was the first E3? And this is Tectic starting. 1999. Okay, Nerd Bomber? I'm going to say 1992. Okay, so if I understand bus rules correctly, which I think I do... Tactic busted. It was 1995. Um, so pretty much right in the middle of the two of you. I think Nerbomber was also closer, so I'm going to give her the point. Um, May 11th, 1995. Uh, also, fun fact, this is not a question, but this was the first year since 1995 that Sony has not attended, um, which I thought was interesting. So right now, guys, we have four questions to go, and we're tied at two. It's anybody's game at this point. Um now we're going to move into some data that was prepared by this website called Brandwatch, which they track social media activity. And now we're going to go back to talking about E3 2018. Uh, how many mentions of E3 2018 were there last year across all social media? I think it's just during the event, but I'm not positive about that. All right. I think I go first on this one, right? Uh, Yes. I'm scared. I like. I feel like I want to go big, but I'm kind of scared of this. I think I want to go five million. Okay, tactic. I'm gonna go one million. 
You said one million technic? Yes. Okay, you got it almost exactly correct. One million fifty five thousand eight hundred and ninety. According to brandwatch.com. Um this one is not a price is right question. We're just gonna alternate until one of you gets it right, because I'm pretty sure one of you will get it right. Um and I think Tectic starts this time. What was the most mentioned conference on social media? Is that from this year? From twenty from twenty eighteen. Okay. This is all twenty eighteen data. The twenty nineteen data isn't available yet. So think think about last year's E three, which I know is far in the rear view. I'm gonna go with Microsoft. You got it right. Didn't even give Nerd Bomber a chance. So you're up to four points. That means that Nerd Bomber is gonna have to get these last two questions correct, which will force a tie, which honestly is gonna be very confusing. But we'll see. Um, Nerd Bomber gets to go first on this one, so she gets the chance to do the same thing to Tactic. What was the most mentioned game? And this is, again, you have to access your memory archives. What was the most mentioned game on social media during E3 last year? I'm going to go with Spider-Man because I don't think that was out yet. That is incorrect. We're going over to Tectic. I'm going to go with Uncharted. I believe that was 2016, so also incorrect. It's either 2016 or 2017. It certainly wasn't 2018. What? Oh, ooh, Beyond Good and Evil, too. Incorrect again. Really? Everyone was so Maybe. hype about that. Maybe this question is, is hard, but when you guys hear it, you'll you'll understand. Tactic? Assassin's Creed. Nope. I'll give each of you one more guess, because this might be too hard. Okay, I'm trying to think what big games came out this year that would have been announced at E3 last year. Um, Do you want a hint? Yeah, can I can I get a hint? Can I phone a friend? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a hint because because you're down. I mean, you'll you'll both hear the hint, but you get first crack at it. The hint is that we have mentioned it on this podcast, like today, this episode. To today, this very episode, within the last hour, we have this game has been mentioned, which is not a great hint because we've mentioned a lot of. I games. know what it is. Is it Doom Eternal? It is not Doom. Tactic. It's Smash. Also incorrect, so no one gets the point. It's Fallout 76, guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't even um, think about that. Because that, yeah. that release, that was such a bust. I know. It was like, <laughs> yeah. that was such a big deal when they announced that. I totally forgot about that. Like, I was so excited. And then everything happened, and it was so bad. Yeah, so it was, a. in that sense, I guess it was a bit of a trick question, but um, that was the most mentioned game. Um, the final question... Uh, is again going back to a price is right question if we want we can make this question worth two points although then i guess nerd bomber would only tie so let's just let's just keep it at one nerd bomber you're, you're, you're playing for pride at this point uh Tectic will be hosting next week's game Woo. on twitter what percentage of gender categorized authors of tweets mentioning e3 were male what yeah, so what? based on all the Twitter mentions of E3, how many of the authors of those tweets were male? And it says gender categorized. I think that just means that in cases where the gender could be determined, what percentage were male? Tactic, I think you get to go first on this yeah, one. Yeah, Tactic, Tactic, you're first. What a goofy statistic. Uh, 
I, I agree, but I think it's interesting. I'm going to go with the standard 60%. Shoot, that's what I was going to say. Um, okay, I'll go with 65%. Okay, so Nerd Bomber gets the, uh, gets the, the glory point at the end. Uh, it's actually 77%, guys. Oh. Um, so according to those statistics, sadly, Nerd Bomber, you are a rare breed as a, as a female uh, game enthusiast. Come on, ladies of gaming, you gotta represent. Uh, there you have it. The, a call to action, if you will. Um, and a victory for Tectic One. He will be hosting next week's game. Oh, yeah. Um, once again, thank you to our uh, Patreon producer, Ben, for um, giving us a suggestion for that, for that game. Um, and thank you to all of you for tuning in for our special E3 episode. This is one of our favorite episodes of the year. We really enjoy... Um, dishing about all the trailers and talking about what we're excited for so yeah thanks to all you if you guys like what you hear please remember it makes our day to get great reviews on itunes and any other podcast platform so please consider leaving us a quick rating or review and if you do want to support us even further feel free to check out our patreon otherwise you can reach out to us we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram we all love talking to you you guys are a great community and we love our listeners um and we'll be we'll be back next week uh as planned talking about i guess not e3 necessarily but tbd so get hyped and uh yeah thanks again for listening yep. have a good one Have a good week. See ya.